0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by Maptoons, Long Island Chamber Maps. My three guests with me, with me this morning, Joseph Saladino, Oyster Bay Town Supervisor, Maureen Nickel, President of the Syosset-Woodbury Chamber of Commerce, and Andrew Lampkin, president of the Plainview Old Beth Page Chamber of Commerce. So Supervisor Maureen, Andrew, thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedules to be with us today on Chamber Chatter.
1: Thank
0: you. It's been about three months since Chamber Chatter was last on the air uh, as the WCWP studios uh, on the LIU campus in Brookville uh, were closed down due to COVID-19. Today, through the uh, wonders of Zoom technology, uh, we're finally back on the air, and it's good to be good with uh, my listeners again. So um, I'd like to start the program by having each one of you tell us about the role you serve as a community leader. And I'd like to point out that I specifically chose these two chambers to be with us today because they both reside within the Oyster Bay Township. Supervisor Saladino, may I call you Joe? Please. Actually, full disclosure here: uh, Joe and I graduated high school together. Uh, we're from Massapequa. We've been ten, ten years ago, eight years ago. Correct.
2: <laughs> eight years ago,
0: uh, we've been uh, longtime friends, and I'm very proud of him. And uh, when I'm not on the air with him, I call him Joey Sal. But on the air, he's Supervisor Saladino. So, Joe,
2: it's a real pleasure, Mark, to join with you, to join with Maureen Nickel and Andrew Lampkin, two people who I very much respect their efforts and all they're doing to protect our businesses. Well, that's what the town of Oyster Bay is about. And moving forward, we have plans to increase uh, the activity in our downtowns. We held a press conference just uh, last week with Chamber of Commerce presidents, with Supervisor Don Claven of the town of Hempstead, elected officials of both towns, our Nassau County legislators, New York State Assembly members, mayors throughout both towns, but most importantly, our Chamber of Commerce leaders. We have created a task force, a small business uh, recovery task force, designed and missioned to help businesses in every way, to work with the Chambers of Commerce, to find out. What the pressing needs are, and to assist to make sure we protect the health and lives of our local businesses. They're the backbone of our communities. So, this task force came together with all of these leaders to ask Albany to allow for outdoor dining as part of phase two reopening. And we were very successful. A day or so later, the governor declared that they will allow outdoor dining, and now we're working on the processes by which to assist restaurants. From the town of Oyster Bay perspective, we're removing hurdles, helping them with whatever they need to have in place, explaining the process. Unfortunately, as things go, and we've seen it with the state on many occasions and in many dilemmas and disasters, including the hurricane, what we're seeing is a lot of complication. The state liquor authority has six pages of mandates that are going to be very difficult to follow. There's quite a bit there. From the town of Oyster Bay's perspective, we're pushing for our residents to support local businesses. When you shop mom and pop, you do a lot. And that's the mantra because our small businesses not only are the backbone, but they've always been there. For our community groups, whether it's the Little League, whether it's our churches, our community uh, houses to worship, whatever is needed, the the uh, local businesses show their support. Well, now it's our time as residents of the town of Oyster Bay to return the favor and ensure that we're shopping downtown, shopping our local businesses and our communities. Remembering the stores in the central district, most. Communities have a central business district. But remember the stores that aren't there, just as important. Uh, Shopping online is convenient. Everybody during the pandemic had packages arriving at the doorstep. We understand that. But now it's time to change the dynamic, to get out with your face mask or your face covering on. Go to the stores. Shopping is allowed curbside. Shopping is allowed at the door front of the stores. Quite frankly, it's going to be as uh, safe, if not safer, to purchase from a downtown store than it is to walk into the large box stores and shop there. So we understand these things. We've put together our task force. We're listening to the needs of our chambers. Our chamber presidents and the leadership in our chambers have been wonderful. And now we're moving to the next step, which is holding Zooms with independent um, businesses, holding Zooms with each chamber individually so that the individual business can utilize the resources of the town. Our advice of our town attorney, the advice of our building department commissioner. What do they do if they would like to utilize the space in their parking lot and put dining tables there and share a parking lot with moving cars? You have to have a system to protect the patrons to keep someone from being hit by a car backing up, for instance. So that's where the town comes into play, to make sure that things are doing well, to give them advice, to how to to navigate through the SLA or State Liquor Authority rules. And that's just for the businesses serving alcohol. There's so many types of business. Each one has its individual needs. And the town of Oyster Bay has put together this task force, along with our town board members, to reach out, to find out the needs, to provide the help, and get our businesses back up and running, and back to full strength. I know we can do it. Our business owners, our consummate professionals, the leadership in the chamber has been wonderful. And quite frankly, Mark, being on a show like this with you is tremendously helpful. So there are many pieces to the puzzle for waters that are uncharted, that we're navigating for the first time, but we're going to come through this successfully.
0: Um, Joe, today's Monday, June 8th. Are we on schedule to uh, begin phase two? Uh, on Wednesday?
2: Albany has told us that uh, that phase two will open Wednesday. This is the first um, opportunity. Phase one got the st- some stores open, um, took advantage of that opening. But then what Albany has asked is 14 days between each phase to see about hospital spikes. So if you will, if we're driving a race car, the gauges are the, the waiting for the numbers to come out of the hospital, the tachometer, if you will, of this race car. The uh, engine is the businesses and the fuel that goes in that race car is the work we're doing and get, obviously getting those customers, getting the residents to get to the local businesses. And uh, going back to your question, so the, the governor and Albany are watching that gauge to see if there's a, a spike between each uh, phase to know if they should move forward and so far our statistics have been phenomenal i brought quite a few statistics that i give out at each of our weekly meetings with all of the mayors with the civics uh, associations and and with the chambers of commerce i won't bore you with all the statistics unless you ask but the but the message is that the, the statistics in our hospital have been phenomenal and quite frankly, we have also seen when it comes to COVID testing, fewer than 2% of all people who are tested for the COVID virus uh, are, are come out positive. And that is a drop of 75% from just four weeks ago. So these are imp- very important statistics. Everything is down now in the hospitals. Thank God, our hospital and healthcare heroes have been fabulous. Our emergency responders, wonderful. But now those numbers have got have settled down and are are consistently low. It's time to reopen and get back to work.
0: Thank you, Joe. Uh, Maureen, uh, Chamber Chatter was launched about eighteen months ago, and we had your then president Charo Esdrin on as one of our very first guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, you took over as president in January of this year. Yes. Uh, Tell us how you rose through the ranks to become uh, the at Woodbury Chamber President. So
1: I've been a small business owner for the past 10 years and right out of the gate, I realized what value uh, being a member of the chamber serves your business. Uh, Not only do you get to know your fellow uh, chamber members, but you also become a resource for the community as well. You know, we work collaboratively, small business and community, it goes hand in hand. So I joined the chamber immediately And then, after a very uh, short period of time, I was asked to uh, head a committee and then become a a member of the board. And then, last two years, I was the vice president of the chamber. And then, when there was a change in leadership uh, in January, I was uh, nominated as president. So, it's been an interesting (laughs) past four or five months, certainly something that we couldn't uh, have predicted. Uh, But we're very proud of the fact that. From the very beginning of New York pause, from when the building, the businesses were first shut uh, shut down, uh, we jumped right into action and started to do things virtually. Uh, The first thing we did was reach out to our members and say, what can the chamber do to you, for you? And it was interesting that the first responses were simply, thank you. Thank you that you're thinking of us. Thank you that you're interested in in helping us. Give me a day or two to think about this. People didn't know what their needs were. It was just such a confusing uh, time. Within a very short period of time, within that first week, members started to develop special offers. Uh, Many of them um, were retail places, uh, gyms, fitness centers, karate for children, art lessons, all went virtual. Then we had the more professional businesses, the uh, attorneys uh, offering uh, complimentary healthcare proxies, our financial advisors saying, let's help you with estate planning, all complimentary. Uh, Let me look at your portfolio. And the response from not only the members, but from the community was overwhelming. Uh, The restaurants doing special deals, Uh, families of four, feed your family for $40, curbside pickup. The response has been tremendous. We started with maybe 10 offerings, uh, which we e blast every week and it's on our website. It grew to 15, it grew to 20. Now we have over 50 different member businesses on our websites, offering special offerings. And what I find very reassuring is, it seems that the message has really gotten through to the community that we must shop local. And we're just hoping that that mentality continues. Uh, As the supervisor said, once things go back to normal, let's not do the, the online shopping as much. Let's continue to go into our stores. It's more important now than ever. Because when we speak to our businesses, we are very optimistic. We hear most of them saying that, yes, they definitely will reopen. But there's that question mark. They don't know exactly how business is going to be for them once we do go into the uh, the further phases down the road. So now more than ever, they need our support. We need to shop local. Even if you just go in and buy a gift certificate, which you're going to use later, it helps their cash flow. And people are being very responsive doing that already. And so we just hope that that, that continues.
0: Great. We're going to talk about that in our next segment. Uh, in the meantime, Andrew, uh, we had you on the program about a year ago, and you were six months into your first term as president. Uh, COVID-19 pandemic aside, we'll get to that in a little bit, uh, how have things been going for you as president?
3: Things are going really good. I have a really solid team um, of board members and other officers, um, You know, David Weinstein, Andrea Goldman, um, and many others, and um, I re- I've relied a lot on my the past president's. Um, Elon Wurzel and Gary um, 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 Gary Epstein I'm sorry um, For you know to help me along the way But um, our board our board is very active our chamber is very active We have a lot of members who may not be on the board but um, Participate in all of our events chair committees sit on committees Uh, We always have a lot of different things going on Um, So when COVID hit it was really not simple, but it wasn't so difficult to organize the troops. The troops are already there um, and everybody chipped in. Um, Alan Wein- Alan Goldberg, who is our, uh, I know you know very well, um, is our networking chair. And he has done a great job of organizing networking events that we hold almost weekly. Um, they're all through Zoom. Every Tuesday night, five thirty, we go on. There's been about thirty to forty participants on each. He's also organized um, some seminars that where we've had sales professionals and networking professionals talk to our members about um, how to get through this time period. And I would, you know, certain businesses are very different. Some businesses are at a standstill because there's really not much they can do, but. So for them, the focus is, how do I get ready and build the networking base so that when we can get out there and meet and do business again, we're ready and we're going? Other businesses are actually, you know, able to function. And so the question is, is how do I continue to function and at least do business electronically? You know, for example, I'm an attorney and I do estate planning and elder law and, you know, we were able to execute documents remotely as a result of the governor's executive order that allows us to notarize documents if done properly uh, remotely. Um, So what we've done is we're trying to organize in that way and and share information with our members so that they can get through this time. And the board's been a great help with that.
0: Okay, Joe, Maureen, Andrew, thank you for the introductions. Um, Last week Hofstra University conducted a survey And when we come back, we're going to talk about that. They spoke to almost 1,300 local business owners. And I want to get into that a little bit. You're listening to 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. This is Mark Snyder. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the MapTunes Shoppers Discount app. With over 2,500 discounts island wide. download the MapTunes app. That's MapTunes M-A-P-T-O-O-N-S or you can visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. My three guests with me today, Joseph Saladino, Oyster Bay Town Supervisor, Maureen Nickel, President of the Syosset Woodbury Chamber of Commerce, and Andrew Lampkin, President of the Plainview Old Bethpage Chamber of Commerce. So Supervisor Maureen and Andrew, welcome back to the program. When we last uh, left off, I told you I was gonna talk a little bit about a Hofstra University study that was conducted last week. It was a survey of exactly 1,282 small business owners. That's a lot. And they found out that four in 10 owners on Long Island are worried that consumers won't visit their establishment out of fear of catching the coronavirus. All right, a couple other things that came out of that study. Approximately one in four owners worry that consumers won't have the money to shop. One in three say they may not have money to reopen their business. Approximately 13% fear the loss of a loyal customer base. And then lastly, pretty big number here, 38% say that they're concerned that customers will be afraid to visit their business for fear of catching the coronavirus. Maureen and Andrew, I'm going to start with the both of you. What are your businesses telling you? Um, Andrew, I'm going to let you go first. What are you, what are you hearing?
3: Well, the businesses in Plainview are really itching to reopen. Uh, many of them are angry that they have been forced to close. I think that they understand why they had to close initially, but are frustrated that they're still closed. Um, I think that what business owners need to do is a couple of different things. The first and foremost, and I think this is in response to your comment about consumers being afraid to enter, business owners have to prove to, the, to their clients or their customers that they're opening the right way and that it is safe. If you own a retail store, whether it be a hardware store or a candy store or any type of store in the strip malls, which Plainview is famous for all the strip malls that we have, like Morton Village, you have to do it the right way. You have to make sure that people are wearing masks. You have to make sure that you're not over capacity. Um, And if you do that and you offer creative ways to shop, whether it be online, on the phone, through FaceTime, on the um, sidewalk, whatever it might be, you have to prove to your customers that it's safe. And I hope that that gets you through this time.
0: Hmm. Maureen, you getting a read from uh, chamber members?
1: I am um, both from the businesses and from actual just consumers in the neighborhood. Um, maybe I get more of those calls than than most um, because I own a home care agency so people know that I'm uh, very involved with the safety and well-being of people. Uh, I'm getting calls from people, consumers saying when are the stores opening, which is a, a great sign because they are obviously anxious to go back into the stores to do their retail shopping. Uh, I'm asked from people, where is the best place to get the masks? What can I explain the, different, the differences between the masks? Is the respirator mask necessary for when people come into the stores? Where can we get the hand sanitizer? So people are very anxious, I think, on both sides to get back into the store. I understand what you say. The survey said that's not my read. Um, people want to proceed with caution, of course. Uh, but they do want to get back in and do their own retail shopping for their own sanity. They need that. Plus, they want to support the local businesses, too. Uh, I've gotten many calls from various businesses saying, as a home care agency, will we go in and do the temperature checks for them? Would we have an RN sit at the door so when consumers do come in, when your shoppers do come in, would you take a temperature read? I couldn't possibly keep up with all those requests. It, you know, it wouldn't be possible. But it just goes to show, like to Andrew's uh, point, exactly how the retail shops are uh <laughs> thinking about how, what, what is the best way to reopen, and they're putting those protocols into place to keep everyone safe to come into their stores. So uh, I see uh, interest on both sides, from the mm-hmm. consumer side and from the shop owner.
0: Supervisor, uh, representing the rest of the Oyster Bay Township, um, you getting a lot of feeling of positivity or is there apprehension out there, or a little bit of both?
2: There is a little bit of both, but to just bring some more clarity To the important points that Maureen brought out, in terms of the New York state mandates, uh, a mask, a specific mask is not needed. It's a face covering. So people can wear a scarf, they can wear a bandana, anything to protect one another from droplets, from coughs, sneezes and the, the normal way we respirate. So, that is one thing to let people know in terms of they don't have to go out and get an N95 mask. And quite frankly, the healthcare industry has asked that if possible to reserve those masks for our healthcare uh, folks that are on the front line. So, any kind of face covering is fine. Gloves are always a good idea, whether they be disposable gloves or your leather gloves from the the, the shelf it, it's it's about covering protecting yourself washing your hands in terms of these openings uh, we will continue in our town to push for uh, uh, safe openings to help the businesses the problem, unfortunately, is the state mandates. It's not the town of Oyster Bay. We only have a very few requirements. One of the things that we're doing now as a result of our, our small business recovery task force is holding individual Zooms. So if the at Woodbury Chamber or the Plainview Old Beth Page Chamber would like a Zoom with our team and all of their members, we're doing that. That puts our council on the phone. That puts our building Department Commissioner Leslie macaron on the zoom with them it puts our planning uh, superintendent of planning his name is Scott Byrne he's on the phone he's our point person especially as it relates to opening of restaurants uh, we have a few requirements but we're also helping them once again get through the state requirements and our advice to businesses is is now is the time, especially if you're going to be serving outdoors and you'd like to serve alcohol outdoors, it's time to make a call to your legal counsel. I know Andrew's happy to hear that because it's important to touch base with your counsel and ask your questions of them. It's important to touch base now with your insurance agent to ask questions about what is your liability. Can you set up your tables on your sidewalk on the sidewalk of the business next door do you need a, 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 a uh, an agreement or a contract with them liability is always a case and, and perhaps the business next door that you're utilizing their space wants to be named as insured you want to make sure that your insurance covers you for uh, any accident anything that happens outside of your door so it's important to contact your counsel contact your insurance broker and if you are involved in this in the sale of alcohol and you have an SLA expediter that would be someone to contact as well in terms of the town of Oyster Bay once again any civic association uh, I'm sorry every any uh, Chamber of Commerce that would, would like to Zoom and and put together a meeting with our team. We're more than happy to do that, answer questions, get them going in the right direction. We understand the pain and the suffering that every business owner is going through. Even if you've been allowed to open to serve takeout food or, or uh, for another purpose, they're still hurting. And we know that our responsibility is to help them not to throw more hurdles in their way. But of course, our one responsibility is to ensure that there is safety at the scene. And we will help them with the myriad of hurdles that the state is asking for with their mandates.
0: Uh, Supervisor, you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier in the program that the um, number of people testing positive for COVID-19 on Long Island uh, over the last six weeks dropped from 20 percent down to 2 percent. I want to take a quick moment to review and discuss the four phases of reopening business in New York State, specifically here on Long Island and in the town of Washington Bay.
2: By the way, that's uh, the last four weeks.
0: Oh, it's down. Not,
2: not six weeks. That's But the same message is that we're currently down to two less than 2% yeah. of tests are coming out positive in Nassau
0: County. Okay. So phase one, which we're now in, uh, allows construction, manufacturing, wholesale uh, supply chain business to reopen, as well as many retailers, curbside pickup, in-store pickup, and drop-off. All right. Phase one also. Uh, Retail categories include clothing and shoes, electronics and appliances, web and mail order, florist, jewelry, luggage, and sporting goods, among others. So supervisor, we're almost done with phase one. Uh, Did that run smoothly for the business in the town?
2: It has been going well, but of course you have businesses that are struggling. They have depleted resources, clearly financially struggling. So this is a problem. We also do want to continue to let people know that uh, sales at local stores can be done safely. And in some ways, it's going to be safer than the box store, right? If the the, uh, the more intensity you have of customers, the greater the chance that uh, the COVID disease can get inside your store. So if you have an enormous box store, there is a, a greater risk. If it's a small downtown store, clearly, statistically, the, li- the risk is going to be so much less. And if you're uh, getting a delivery at curbside in your, through your car window or at the front door, it's even safer. So I would say that shopping locally in, the, in, in stores in your community is probably safer than going to the box store that's been open throughout the entire pandemic.
0: Uh, Phase two begins Wednesday, fingers crossed. Uh, It now includes outdoor dining, which initially had been part of phase three opening. Uh, Phase two will allow a wider range of businesses to reopen, including storefront retailers and businesses in the professional services, finance and insurance, administrative support, and real estate and rental leasing industries. Uh, Long Island may be able to move to phase two, right? If they qualify it, looking good.
2: It's looking very good for Wednesday. We can't give a guarantee. Only the governor in Albany can tell us that, but based on the statistics in our hospitals, the COVID statistics, it's looking very good for Wednesday. Supervisor,
0: I invited you on the program to give us guarantees. Um, Well, I guarantee
2: that the only person who knows the answer is the governor of our state.
0: Uh, Maureen, your thoughts on the phase two uh, opening?
1: So, uh, as um, uh, so many people have been asking, when are the hair salons opening? When are the barbershops uh, opening? Um, We hear these horror stories about people giving themselves their own um, haircuts and their own kids didn't recognize them. So people are anxious, people are very anxious and of course that's in phase two. I have my appointment, I have my appointment for a week for Saturday, you know, for my haircut. People are so anxious, so optimistic. Uh, Even the retailer shops that we're talking to uh, they said that in phase one, the curbside delivery worked somewhat, but people are, we're touchy-feely. We want to go in. We want to see the merchandise, touch the merchandise before we actually make that purchase. So again, our feedback is that people are extremely anxious to get into the shops. Uh, they're going to have the requirement that they have the mask on, of course, when they go in. But the retail shops tell us that they will have a supply of masks there as well. Somebody forgot. Somebody, they'll have supply of gloves. They'll have the hand sanitizer. So everybody's anxious. Everybody's ready. And um, we are just hoping for a very smooth transition from phase one to phase two.
2: Great. Just to Maureen's point, uh, phase two is really the biggest phase from the perspective of, of the openings of business. The largest catchment of businesses will be allowed to open in phase two. As we get to phase three and then finally to phase four, when we're getting into entertainment, Something that, um, you know, large groups, whether they're at concerts or plays and, and so forth. Uh, that's a different challenge when people are, are sitting close together. But this phase two, which we hope will begin Wednesday, is the largest for businesses. So this is the big one for people to uh, prepare for. And there are ways to get uh, the PPE. There is wa- There are ways, uh, opportunities, Nassau County has been providing some of the the products free of cost that they've received from the state. Uh, We're told recently that there's now a waiting list, but businesses can find more about all of this information by visiting us at oysterbaytown.com. You can also find information about our our drive-in movies, which have been tremendously successful. We're going to go to drive-in concerts. These are important for our morale. But it's also important to know that when you go to a drive-in movie, stop off at the local store, buy a pizza, buy sandwiches, buy whatever it is that you'd like to eat. And make sure you buy it locally. When you shop mom and pop, you do a lot. And these are opportunities to come out, feel better, breathe fresh air, start feeling normal again. And a piece of this, we're asking when you come to our shows, our parks, our beach, which are which are all open for all the passive uses. Um, that you shop locally, fill your cooler, fill your your uh, lunch bag with with great products that you purchase from the local stores. It'll make a big difference.
0: I want to touch on phase four, but let me just quickly review phase three for our listeners. Phase three will focus on the hospitality industry going to allow restaurants and other food uh, service businesses to reopen for dine in service, as well as hotels, which are already considered essential businesses. And they're allowed to serve overnight guests, but this phase will likely mean they're going to be able to reopen their dine in restaurants, spas, and gyms. Now, let's talk about phase four. That's going to be a tough one. That's the final phase. It's going to allow schools and arts, entertainment, recreation, all those types of businesses to reopen. That's gonna include theaters, movie theaters, other entertainment venue, venues, uh, as well as museums and other uh, artistic institutions. Um, this is gonna be a tough one for us. Um, just I'm gonna open it up to the room for comments. Andrew, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, thoughts on oh, phase four?
3: I think we have to see how it goes. Um, and I would, you know, my, my children are, are young. They're they're nine and, and 11. Um, And, you know, summer camp was canceled, the the sleepaway camps were canceled, but day camp is open and we have to be, we really have to see how that goes. And if you can have kids in a day camp starting, I think, June 29th, if I'm not mistaken, if you could have kids go to day camp and it's safe. And from what I've seen, uh, based on all the the press conferences and that I've watched and the research is, is that the sun and the heat, the solar tends to kill the virus. Um, and it really goes down and you can have kids at camp, then you should be able to have kids at school. And if the, the gatherings at these summer camps are okay and we don't have problems and the second wave doesn't hit as a result of these camps, then I think that we should be good for phase four. The other comment I want to make, and I had a conversation with somebody the other day about reopening um, you know, a commercial pool and dining um, in a facility. And my comment to him when he asked me about will people be interested in going My comment was as follows People are very anxious to get out there and go to the commercial pools go to restaurants. They want to live life again But people are also smart people And I don't want to steal words from governor cuomo, but People want to wear the masks not everybody and it may not be fun But I think people are very cautious Well, I get together with other families, you know, friends with my my kids' friends, and we keep kids apart. We keep the adults apart. We're not kissing hello or hugging or high-fiving, you know, out on the golf course. There's no high-fives anymore. People are smart. They're keeping away from each other, and I think that that type of behavior will make everything okay.
0: Okay. Interesting observation. Uh, Supervisor, phase four, your, your thoughts?
2: Well, again, thank you for this opportunity to get out our great information. I mentioned OysterBayTown.com is our website. We have so many services for business because we've been listening and meeting and and on the phone with our business owners and our chambers of commerce who have been fabulous partners. And I I think uh, these two chambers and all the chambers in the town of Oyster Bay. The problems we've been told is that they have lost uh, their employees. And for some employees, it's more profitable to stay home and and collect the unemployment insurance. So it is difficult for them to find employees. We have a workforce program in the town of Oyster Bay. We've won many awards. It's been in the works and improving uh, constantly. We have a large number of residents in our bank of uh, employees who are ready to go. So by bringing together... The Chamber of Commerce members, the business owner, with our workforce professionals, we can connect them to a wide variety of skill sets of employees who are, <laughs> are, are potential employees who are uh, chomping to come to work. This is an important resource to share with our business owners. We have quite a few of these resources. As I mentioned, the Zooms will be important. Each phase will have its uh, share of complications and problems, but we all know you have to start. You can't keep businesses closed forever. You can't destroy everyone's livelihood. So we know that there will be challenges ahead. The town of Oyster Bay is here to help. We will continue to join with you to listen to your needs and to provide whatever services are available and create new resources for business owners. And one of the toughest pieces of this is navigating the mandates. So the town of Oyster Bay is here to help. The state wants those, but has many, many rules and regulations. And when they write the regulations, they write them statewide or regionally wide. In our communities, in the town of Oyster Bay, Plainview, Old Bethpage, Syosset, Woodbury, and throughout, people know how to handle themselves. We are very confident they'll be able to do that. So we're up and ready to go. and We thank everyone. And I especially thank you, Mark, for allowing us to get this information out on this. Thank wonderful, you,
0: Supervisor. Wonderful, wonderful when we program. come back, we're going to lighten things up just a little bit. We're going to have some fun. We're going to play genie in the bottle. We're going to find out what our guests' three wishes are for their organizations. You're listening to 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. I'm Mark Snyder. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by Maptoons, Long Island Chamber Maps. My three leaders today, Joseph Saladino, Oyster Bay Town Supervisor, Maureen Nickel, President of the Syosset-Woodbury Chamber of Commerce, and Andrew Lampkin, president of the Plainview Old Beth Page Chamber of Commerce. So we have this uh, feature we call Genie in a Bottle, where we uh, ask our three guests what wishes they have for their organization. So Andrew, you were on our program last June, and back then we asked you for three wishes for your chamber. Here's what you wished for. Number one was to grow membership specifically adding retailers number two to get more creative with workshops and number three you wanted your position to be a paid position no kidding number three was to increase member benefits so um how have you done with your three goals
3: uh well i'm not being paid so um, huh. trying to get me in trouble mark uh, we have <laughs> done a good job with our membership Um, so that, that's, that's positive. Um, we have continued to offer more workshops, especially in light of, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic. We were doing a lot of it. Like I said earlier, um, we, we, we've done about five or six in the last couple of months. And we've done that because we think that that's how we can benefit our members. That's why they join a, a chamber is, you know, to obtain some sort of benefit. And so we're trying to educate our members in different ways. Um, and what, what did you say the third one
0: was that I had mentioned? Third one was increased member benefits.
3: Well, you know, through the workshops we've done that and we've, you know, continue to have a lot of different types of events. Um, unfortunately, this year we had to reschedule our golf event, golf event which is usually in June. We we're gonna push it out to October. We did cancel our fall festival, unfortunately. Um, because it was scheduled for October and we didn't really want to commit the amount of time and resources if it wasn't going to be a positive event. So, um, you know, I think that one we struggled with this year, especially because of what's gone on in the last few months, but you know, we're, we're pushing forward.
0: Were you able to add retailers to your membership? I know that was important. We
3: have, that. we, we added retailers. We actually, we added a lot of, of retailers, um, at the end of last year which was great. Unfortunately, some of them have struggled mightily uh, in the last three months um, and did not renew. So although we added them in 2019, many weren't able to renew at the beginning of 2020 and are not in business anymore. Unfortunately, some have had to close doors.
0: Hmm. Um, So you've been at the helm now for about 18 months, Actually, two years now, yeah. Oh, it's been two years. Okay. Uh, Any new wishes that you want to add to your uh, COVID-19 aside? uh, Any new wishes for your chamber you want to add to the list?
3: Well, you know, I think what COVID has has taught us is that we need to have a very good relationship with our elected officials um, because I think that the Chamber of Commerce is in a position to disseminate information to the members and the community. You don't have to be a member of our chamber to get information from us. We have a Facebook group. We're out there. And we if the elected officials work with us, which Supervisor Saladino has, which our, our county executive has, uh, county legislators, they all have, if we continue to do that, together we can disseminate information to the community so that everybody's on the same page.
0: Okay. Maureen. So let's say you're at an event at the Crest Hollow Country Club in Woodbury and just sitting there on the carpeted floor in the lobby is a magic lantern. You pick it up, you pop the top, out comes a genie giving you three wishes for the Syosset Woodbury Chamber. What are they?
1: It's the genie wearing a mask. That, that would be my my, my first question, Mark. Uh, so I, as you had said earlier at the top, uh, I have been um, the president of the South Chamber only since January. Uh, however, having been involved with the chamber for many years, we have had had wishes. And uh, I, we've been able to put them some of them to fruition. We had planned in June to start a women in business group, you know, a subset, a new committee. Uh, of the chamber. We are still going forward with that and we will start in September. And as many of us know, uh, women hold some very responsible positions and they are also involved and very concerned about childcare issues in their own lives, as well as elder care issues. Sometimes we we forget that a little bit. I would say of our population in our chamber, it's about half and half how many people uh, are responsible, in particular women who take care of younger children and who have the added responsibility of taking care of an elder loved one. And we have some that do both, have an older parent and still have school age children. Um, So we're hoping um, that because we now have become so familiar with Uh, virtual conferencing, that some of these people who have made prior requests of their employer to work from home two days a week, three days a week, and have been told it just isn't feasible, you just can't get the job done. Well, I think this experience has proved otherwise. I think we can extremely effectively get things done. I think sometimes we are even more effective, uh, because when you're sitting around a long table there, we all know that meetings can go on quite lengthy. And with a virtual meeting, I find we come to the table prepared. Uh, we don't seem to get up from our uh, computer here and run and get a file and run and get a, 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 a this paper, that paper. We are very streamlined with our virtual meetings. We are very, very effective working from home. I think I've gotten accomplished more things done than I do sometimes in the office. I'm hoping that remains. I hope that that stays, that employers will take another look at this and see that things can get done and make things a little bit easier for people. For some people, the virtual meetings is just a, a convenience. For others, we need to think about who they, it really is a necessity for them. So I'm hoping that that is one of my wishes, that some of these uh, virtual meetings and working from home stay, stay in place. Uh, One of the other things that we have done, as Andrew had mentioned, we have always had networking meetings uh, about every six weeks, different from the general meetings where we bring in guest speakers. Networking meetings were strictly social in nature. We would meet at a particular establishment, have a bite to eat. Supervisor, you've attended some with us and we're so grateful for that. And we tend to come in, see somebody that we know and sit down and spend the next hour, an hour and a half with them and maybe not reaching out to the rest of the membership and really getting to know what one another really does. What we've done now with the bi-monthly virtual networking meetings is we just sit for an hour and a half and we talk to each member. We give each member four or five minutes to tell what it is that they do, who they are, what's something about you that will make me remember you, what's something about your business that's unique. Because if you are a member of of a chamber, one of your uh, goals is not only to promote your own business, but you want to be able to refer other people's businesses to. If you're not quite sure uh, what, let's say, take an attorney, not what aspect of the law that attorney satisfies, if you don't really know that, you're not really able to refer and certainly not with confidence. So what these virtual networking meetings do is it lets us see how passionate people are about their businesses, what they actually do, and how people, they are such people of integrity. So I'm hoping that we will go back to the establishments and have a bite to eat and have a drink eventually but I hope we can intermingle them some online networking meetings and also some uh, at different locations so I'm hoping that that remains as well
0: Maureen Nickel I like your style I think you're gonna be a very successful president
1: thank you very
0: well very well thought out supervisor Saladino so Joe you're on your jet ski Zipping around the Massapequa shores of the Great South Bay?
2: I have never had a jet ski, so we'll have to.
0: I thought you had a jet ski. Walking along
2: the beach at Tobey Beach and see a lantern.
0: You don't have a jet ski? No. Oh, for some reason I thought you did. Okay, so you're walking on Tobey Beach, you see a lantern, right? You pick it up, you pull it out, out pops a genie, granting you three wishes for the town of Oyster Bay. What are they, Joe?
2: Well, first and foremost is a wish for everyone's health and safety. This has been extremely scary. This has been extremely challenging from so many perspectives. So we wish for the vaccine to be 100% effective and to come out as quickly as possible so we can go back to a true normal life and uh, protect one another. So it's critical that I'm wishing for everyone's good health, And their safety throughout this and going forward. The second wish for me is about the economic and operational health of the town of Oyster Bay. I've been the supervisor now for three years, and the whole focus has been improving upon the finances, fixing the problems of the past, creating an operation that helps our businesses. Same-day permits is a perfect example. We went uh, from a $44 million deficit in the operating budget. This month, our CAFR or certified audit, independent audit comes out, and it will show as of the close of 2019, the town has a $29 million surplus. So to go from a major deficit to a $29 million surplus in a very short amount of time, it's critical. Operationally, uh, we're talking about what we're doing now to help the businesses reopen, How do we streamline our operations so they're more helpful? Same day permits, providing, taking away the hurdles for businesses, homeowners, and the list goes on and on. So it's to continue to effectively improve the town of Oyster Bay to make it the best town on Long Island for our residents and our our business owners. And thirdly, my wish is that we all take a step back and reflect on what has taken place during these months and treat each other with knowing that, you know, we could have lost our our deepest, dearest friends, our family members, the neighbors across the street or the business people next door. So that we adjust the way we look at each other, the way we act toward one another to provide more peace and harmony and a process for better opportunity. When you provide better opportunity, you provide better opportunity for everyone so that we can help everyone's economic status grow, we can help everyone's uh, healthcare uh, outlook grow in terms of their health and their access to healthcare and to the services the town of Oyster Bay provides. So those would be my three wishes. And I'd like to catch a big striped bass too this fall. (laughs)
0: Um, We have just a couple of minutes left. So 30 seconds from each of you. Andrew, I'm gonna start with you. I want to turn our attention back to the COVID-19 pandemic. Where do you see us a year from now?
3: I'm I'm an optimistic individual. I I really believe that a year from now things will be back to where we were. I think that, you know, I have a lot of faith in our the medicine in this country. I think we'll come up with a vaccine. I think people will be cautious, but I see everybody going to baseball games and football games and You know, remembering this is a tough year, but we got through it and we're going to move forward.
0: Maureen, 30 seconds. What do you think?
1: Uh, thanks, Mark, for that question. It's a very emotional one for me. Not only do I have family who are first responders and in healthcare, but I've been in healthcare for for a, a many, many years, and I now serve. Um, the, my clients are all from the town of Oyster Bay, so a very vested interest in this. I'm very optimistic, as Andrew said, that there will be a vaccine. Uh, that the we will live uh, still with some uh, sense of caution, uh, but that things will go back to normal, and we can keep. Our our most vulnerable safe. I think how we've learned so much from the hospital situations, from the nursing home situations, from adequate PPE stock supply. We really have learned a lot from this. And with that newfound knowledge and with a new medical advances, I think we'll be much stronger than we perhaps are today.
0: Supervisor, I've known you a long time. When I say 30 seconds, I mean 30 seconds. Where are we going to be in a year?
2: We're going to get it right on the post. And that is a big thank you from the bottom of our hearts in the town to all of our healthcare heroes, especially in our hospitals in Syosset, in Plainview, in Bethpage, every healthcare hero, everyone working in emergency response. Thank you to the residents who have been donating food. We had the largest food drive Island Harvest ever had a couple of weeks ago. Thank you to them. Thank you to our chambers of commerce. The town of Oyster Bay is here. Oysterbaytown.com. For all of the information about driving movies, driving concerts, where to get help, and we are here for you. Thanks, Mark, for having me on your wonderful show. All right,
0: let me do a couple of thanks as well. Joe Saladino, Oyster Bay Town Supervisor, Maureen Nickel, President of the Syosset Woodbury Chamber of Commerce, and Andrew, Andrew Lampkin, President of the Plainview Old Bethpage Chamber of Commerce, are my guests. Special thanks to my good friend, station manager, and engineer for today, Dan Cox. My name is Mark Snyder. Thanks for listening. Now back to the music on 88.1 FM at WCWP.org.